Luke chapter 5 and verse 1 says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he, speaking of Jesus, stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. So this is the this is the end of the shift, if you will. They fished through the night. <clears throat> They're done for their shift. Um, they're taking care of their equipment. Verse 3, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down, Jesus sat down, and taught the people who were on the shore out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, so he's concluding his teaching, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. So um, Jesus knew what was coming next. I think obviously Jesus knew what Simon was going to say next. He was very aware of what was going on, but he kind of wanted Simon maybe to tell him the next words. So Verse 5, Simon answering said unto him, Master, (laughs) we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. And as I was reading this, I just had to stop and I thought, I feel this way from time to time. I am naturally an optimistic person. I'm not necessarily a, a pessimistic or sometimes I'm not even a realistic person, but um do you ever feel this way? You know, I'm tired, Lord. Uh, I've been doing this a long time. Um, I've done everything I know to do. And sometimes we can even equate this with our prayer time. Over 210 um, times of praying together that we've been counting. Lord, we've been doing this a long time. Revival hasn't come yet. The awakening hasn't come yet. Do we keep going? So, uh, and I want us to be encouraged with this, even though these people are basically saying we've done all that we know to do, there is something going on already that these people don't know about, but God knows. So uh, God was up to something. Maybe God was causing the fish to gather. I mean, there was going to be a huge harvest of fish. So maybe God is sending out God talk to the fish and moving them all to where the boat is going to be. All right. As I, I just walked outside for a few minutes to, to move some things around for my in-laws that live with us. And, and, um, and I was thinking of, I'm not a fisherman. I mean, I am not a fisherman. I don't have the patience to be a fisherman, but I was thinking I, I like electronics and I like being on the water. So, uh, so I know what sonar is and I know what fishermen do to see the fish it's one thing to see where the fish are. It's another thing to make the fish move. And maybe God is, uh, knows where the fish are and is making the fish gather. And maybe even during this time, and not, this is all in the Greek language, I'm sure, and the buried in the text somewhere, um, but maybe Jesus was just grinning during this time. Simon, I know, I know you have fished all night, but I want to show you something. And maybe there was just a little grin on the face of Jesus as he was causing the fish to gather. And also I want us to think about, 
and we're going to get on to verse 6 here in a second, or at least the end of verse 5, but um, um, maybe we ought to consider what did Jesus already teach. I mean, this is, this is just one incident of his teaching, but he had just healed Simon's mother-in-law, just had, and he had just cast out a whole lot of demons. So the people were gathering to hear more, and Simon says, Lord, I've been toiling all night. And uh, Jesus is grinning. You know, I just showed you what I can do, Simon. Um, and maybe maybe Simon's saying, we just got all the equipment clean. But continuing in the text, nevertheless, nevertheless, Lord, at thy word. And there's a word play here if you're uh, into textual uh, things there's wordplay because in verse one they came to hear the word of God and now they're acting at thy word so what we could read into this is basically Simon Simon saying okay what you say you can do and I know that whatever your word is you can accomplish your word I will let down the net so what happened then between verses 5 and verse 6. Verse 6 says, And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. So this was massive working of the Lord. But in between those two words, those two verses, something was happening. And I'm going to recommend that there was several things. Number one, there was a trusting in the authority of the Lord. Okay, They, they actually had to say, I, I know what you can do, God. Therefore, I'm going to follow. So they were trusting in his authority. They were also leaving the status quo. Maybe even call this the box that they were in, their, their tradition, their, the normalcy of their life. They were leaving their box. Why do I say this? Because fishermen did not normally fish in the deep water. And they didn't fish during the daytime. They fished close to the shore where the fish would come from the deep to the shore at night um, they would fish in shallow water, so leaving their their comfort zone of going into the deep uh, in the daytime was unusual, but it, and especially at the word of a carpenter. So this is this is very highly unusual. So they were leaving their box. They were then doing yet what they knew to do. So they weren't leaving their skills. They were employing their skills. They had been employing their skills all night. So it was almost as if God were said, Jesus were saying, I want you to take what you know to do, and now I want you to do it with my blessing. This is not forsaking what you know. This is taking what you know and letting me work. Um, I think there's some really neat truths there. But then, um, And then they were willing to be seen of others as being radical. I mean, what fishermen during the day at the, at the word of a carpenter would get back into their boats with their clean nets and go into the deep? Um, so they were willing to be seen as radical, even bold at this. So verse 6, and when they had done, this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break, and they beckoned unto their partners, we would even say their business partners, which were in the other ship, probably still at the shore, um, 
And maybe even throughout this, other people started clamoring. The news of this catch was spreading to other people. And uh, I'd like to just think that maybe as God uses our praying to affect our churches, that maybe you in your church can be um, an infection in your church family, and maybe your church can be infecting of other churches uh, as we see God work but um, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Now, in the 21st century, um, or in the, yes, the 21st century, we would, we would think um, hmm, maybe the fact that these boats were sinking was a bad thing. But I'm also thinking that maybe in the first century, they were thinking, wow, this is really cool. This is really neat. We have been waiting all of our life to see this. We've never seen boats this heavy laden. This is really neat. I don't know. But um, maybe they would even look at it as a, as a dream come true. I've prayed for this day and look. And we could even say we're doing the same. We're praying for a harvest of fish. We are praying for gospel advance And may the day come when we say, this is the day we've been praying for. This is a manifestation of the presence of Christ in fish harvest, and we would want it to be in gospel harvest. So um, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So remember, they're still in the boat. So Peter, or Simon, is, is, is just on the boat getting in front of Jesus in homage to him and in humility before him. Um, um, just laying himself in awe before the Lord. Verse 9, for he was astonished, and all that were with him. So it started with Simon Peter, but... Others were now being astonished at who Jesus was, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. Again, I'm wondering, we don't know, I'm just wondering if Jesus was grinning, smiling, full control. Simon, don't worry about these things. I am the creator of the universe. Be encouraged. This is actually one of the times, many times in the New Testament where Jesus was very encouraging to others. From henceforth thou shalt catch men, and when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. So I'd just like to leave us with these comments. And that's there's in this chapter, in this in this text, there's awe. Okay, they were standing amazed at the authority of God, at the bigness of God, at the supremacy of God, even having control over the natural elements, being able to accomplish his purposes. Um, and he gets to include us. We get to be included in his working, and we stand in awe of what God does. There's humility humility. Um, John chapter 15 uh, says, Christ is without me, you can do nothing. So there's humility here. And then there's action. So they did launch out into the deep. They had to take a risk. 
Um, I'm wondering if there may be even somebody on this prayer time that's never actually unmuted and prayed. And maybe that's a risk. Maybe you could launch out into the deep. Maybe this could be your day of seeing God use you and fill you with awe at what he can do. Make an attempt. And um, there may be uncertainty all around, but uh, you launch out into the deep and you obey and you step out. Maybe there's skills that you possess. And you can say, God, how can you use me? How can you use me? I don't understand all that you could do, but I'm going to, with you in the boat, I'm going to launch out. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite. And um, whatever the case may be, I would just say, let's be amazed. Let's be at awe or in awe at the authority of Jesus. And let's pray for a gospel harvest.